The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by Border Hawk News on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador. George Rodriguez. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you. Welcome to the show, my friends. Let me remind everybody that our program is pre-recorded. For those of you that may be interested in wanting to uh, uh, contact the show right now while uh, you're listening to it, it is pre-recorded. We've got uh, Mr. Brandon Judd, who is the president of the Border Patrol Council, Border Patrol Agents Council, National Council. And uh, I had to reach out to, to Brandon because the morale, I want him to talk to you about the morale of the Border Patrol agents right now, my friends. It is absolutely low. It is dragging. Uh, and the uh, Biden administration doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. On the contrary, they seem to be encouraging more and more uh, the illegal immigration. So Brandon will talk to us about that. Uh, one of the things that uh, he's going to be t- telling us about is the situation where we've got uh, the Border Patrol agent that supposedly whipped a Haitian immigrant. Remember that one down in Del Rio? Well, you know, I mean, he's already been tried and convicted. There's no two ways around it. You know, there's a tri- there's a, a uh, an investigation going on, an internal investigation within the uh, Homeland Security and Border Patrol. Uh, the poor guy, as far as I'm concerned, he, he, you know, it, it's done for him. Uh, even if he doesn't, even if they try to exonerate him, which they should, because he didn't do anything wrong, uh, even if they do, uh, it's going to be very, very difficult for him to uh, continue in his work because, well, I mean, he's going to have a target on his back. So um, Brandon Judd, he's going to be our first uh, guest up. Then we've got, of course, we've got, uh, I'm really, really proud to uh, have uh, landed um, the Attorney General of Texas, uh, Mr. Ken Paxton. He's going to be on the show. I was with him in Brackettville down in uh, on the border uh, or near the border uh, on Monday, um, this past uh, Monday, the 11th, uh, and uh, got a chance to chat with him. Uh, the You know, the uh, people are always constantly screaming and yelling about uh, that the state government has to do something. Well, you know, they forget that uh, the state government works within cylinders. There are certain things that can be done. There are certain things that can't be done by certain offices. And um, the one thing that uh, Ken Paxton is doing, and I am very, very proud uh, to uh, to let you know, is that uh, uh, Texas uh, has been suing the uh, Biden administration since January, suing them on various things, and they are undefeated. They have sued them six times and won six times all of them related to immigration. There are other lawsuits that uh, are coming down the pike, or that have been in, enjoined. But uh, as far as the uh, as far as uh, Attorney General Paxton and the uh, lawsuits that he has launched regarding immigration, he is undefeated. He's won every single one of them. So uh, we will hear from from uh, Attorney General Paxton. Uh, our final guest is going to be my good friend Todd Benzman from the uh, Center for Immigration Studies. Todd has a fantastic news story that he broke. Really, really interesting. And it's, I mean, it, it should it should curl our toes because this is all about a Pakistani smuggler, human smuggler, making tons of money, making a living off of smuggling Afghans. 
uh, it's not enough that we've got smugglers smuggling people, you know, from all over the country or all over the nation, the world rather. Uh, We've got this character who specializes in Afghans. And uh, it should be it should be very, very concerning to us, my friends, since the fall of Kabul, that, uh, you know, who are these Afghans that are being that are being uh, smuggled into our country? And uh, apparently there is a bounty that has been placed on him by the Justice Department. That's how concerned there is. I mean, even when the Biden administration is concerned about a guy uh, who is doing human smuggling, organized human smuggling, uh, you know, you've got to wonder how bad that character is. So we're going to hear from uh, from Todd about that and a few other things. But uh, welcome to the show. Let me give you some quick uh, immigration news from this past week. Um Beginning uh, October 11th uh, through this uh, through today, October 10th, uh, October 16th, um, 2021. Let me let me give you some some uh, news about what's been going on, because, I mean, my friends, it just doesn't stop. The rewarding and excusing of illegal immigration continues by the liberals. And, and, and it's not going to stop because when you reward and and uh, excuse illegal immigration, my friends, you get more. You get it. You encourage it. You bring more. So uh, what's been happening? Well, for example, uh, this past uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, but now it's official, it's been signed. Uh, New York Governor Kathy uh, Hochul uh, has signed a new law that makes it illegal to threaten to report, threaten to report an illegal alien to immigration and, and customs enforcement. Okay, so you can't threaten an illegal alien that you're going to call them. Call the, the governor says that uh, this law is going to protect people uh, illegal aliens, obviously. It's going to protect them from the threats of extortion and coercion. Okay, how about we protect the country from illegal immigration? How about we do that? Uh, Hotel, the governor says that um, that the that the laws will protect these illegal aliens. However, it's going to what it's going to do. It's going to hinder ICE from doing its law enforcement because uh, nobody's going to be tipping them off. It's you're going if you tip off ICE about an illegal alien, you are going to get in trouble. You are going to get in trouble. Not the illegal alien. You are going to get in trouble. This law, my friends, is also going to encourage more illegal immigration to the state of New York, California, Colorado, Virginia, uh, and um, Maryland already have enacted similar uh, legislation. They have similar legislation to this. I, it's amazing to me. At what point, At what point being a lawful citizen or a legal immigrant uh, what's the point of it if uh, illegal aliens are receiving the same rights, benefits, and legal protections, my friends? In another in another crazy move by the Biden administration, um, they're punishing employers but not illegal alien workers. Federal, uh, federal immigration law enforcement agents are no longer going to arrest illegal aliens who are working in the U.S. without permission. Instead, as of Tuesday, uh, this past Tuesday, Homeland Security... Uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Oh, he's a piece of work, isn't he? Alejandro Mayorkas has announced uh, that um, they're going to focus on pursuing unscrupulous employers who exploit the vulnerable illegal aliens or undocumented workers, as they put it. Again, my friends, I've got no imp- no problem with going after employers who hire illegal aliens. But how about if we go after the illegal aliens themselves? How about instead of encouraging them because they're going to be protected from unscrupulous employers, how about we deport them for breaking the law and entering the country illegally? And, you know, I I just don't understand it. 
while businesses and employers are, uh, you know, who hire illegal aliens should be punished. I agree with that. The illegal aliens have got to be punished themselves for being illegally in the United States. How about we do that? Uh, in other news, uh, it was announced uh, on Wednesday a, mem- a memo uh, or a um, uh, an item was leaked uh, from the Biden administration that um, the report says that uh, over a hu- over a hundred and sixty thousand over a hundred and sixty thousand illegal aliens have been released since March. Have been released since March. Okay, over a hundred and sixty thousand of them. Okay, now according to the report, to this report, uh, since March twentieth, ninety four thousand over ninety four thousand illegal aliens were allowed into the U.S. With notices to report, that means that they were required, they were caught and released and required to check back at a later time. We all, we all know that's not going to happen. Okay, that's not going to happen. Another 32,000 have been released into the United States uh, since August 6th, uh, since the August 6th, on parole, on parole. Again, this gives them a limited status to remain in the country and makes them eligible for some work permits. Now, I guarantee again, my friends, out of these 32,000, they are not going to show up to be, uh, to, to have their, their cases reviewed and renewed. They are not, because it just didn't happen. Another 40,000, another 40,000 illegal aliens have been released since August 6th on their own reconnaissance, including 128 single adults that were let go in one single day in Del Rio. Without being required, they were not required, these 128 were not required to wear an ankle monitor to be tracked. I, you know, my friends, this is incredible. This is just incredible. Uh, it, it is outrageous how the Biden administration is skirting requirements, is skirting the very requirements that we should have to control the border. What's the point? And in doing this, in, in, in releasing all of these illegal aliens, my friends, it encourages more illegal immigration. It encourages more illegal immigration. People want to come here. I was speaking to a friend of mine this, mor- the, uh, this, this past week who says, uh, well, you know, we're desperately looking for solutions. Here's the solution, my friends. Let me give you the solution to illegal immigration because illegal immigration has been a problem since the border was created in 1836, okay? It has been a problem since then. Here's how to resolve that problem. It is to stop rewarding illegal immigration with jobs, with benefits, with citizenship. If you don't enter the proper way, why should you get citizenship? We reward illegal immigration with uh, benefits, free education, with employment. I mean, that's been the big one. I am constantly, constantly amused to hear some of these ranchers along the border scream and yelling about the illegal immigration invasion that we've got going. But in the past, I guarantee a lot of them, their parents, their grandparents, they hired illegal aliens. I guarantee they did. So now what's so bad? Well, now what's so bad is that these are not Mexicans that are coming, working, and going back. No, these people are here to change America. <laughs> they're here they're here to change our nation. So if we want to stop it, my friends, let's start 
by not rewarding it with benefits, with rights, constitutional rights. Why should an illegal alien have constitutional rights? We should not reward it with education, free education, the DACA. We should not reward them with any type of, of programs that benefit and, 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 and help them. What part of the word illegal don't they understand? My friends, illegal immigration, is it, it, it can be resolved. It can be stopped. But we need to have the willpower to do it. And we need to do it as a nation, as a society, as an economy, where we do not hire, where we do not uh, tolerate illegal immigration, and certainly where we don't reward it with benefits, with rights, with uh, any type of employment, education, health care, etc., etc. My friends, thank you and welcome to the show. Stay tuned. Call your friends. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy once again, my friends. George Rodriguez, El Conservador. And we've got uh, our good friend, Mr. Brandon Judd, who is uh, uh, president of the Border Patrol Council, the National Council. And uh, he, uh, I had to reach out to him because uh, of the situation that we've got uh, on the border that we've been following every week, of course. Uh, the Border Patrol agent that has been, uh, that apparently has been tried and sentenced, it sounds like. Uh, for whipping a uh, an illegal uh, immigrant, as well as um, many other uh, restrictions that have come down in, uh, to limit uh, the work of the Border Patrol. Uh, meanwhile, we've seemed to be getting more and more people crossing the border. Uh, so I wanted to get his uh, thoughts on what, uh, or find out what the morale is for the for the men, men and women who are working the border and. Um, uh, what uh, what he sees is uh, as coming down the road, Brandon. Thank you very much for taking time to be with us. Um, what's it like for the border patrol right now for the agents? Yeah, George, it's always good to talk with you. But right now, we're facing a windfall of issues that are affecting uh, the way we can do our jobs, the way we can patrol the border, the way we can try to protect the American public. And if you look at, I mean, let's start with what you mentioned. Um, that that agent that like you said has already been tried um has already been convicted and now we're just waiting for the sentence because of um the president's premature comments um of the vice president's premature comments and you know everybody else's um premature comments when, when we look at that you know obviously it, it's gonna affect the way the agents feel about their job, the way they feel that they can go out and do their job. And the morale, of course, is going to take a huge hit. Anytime that you have a president of the United States that appears to not support the mission of the Border Patrol and the men and women of the Border Patrol, you know, it's going to be very difficult to put that uniform on and go out and do the job. But again, I'm, I'm very confident in our agents. I, I know 
the, the love that they have for their country. I know the, the love that they have for their, their fellow citizens. And they, they put that uniform on. They're going to continue to go out. They're going to continue to do, do the job because they do want to protect the American public. It's just the way you feel, um, how you feel about it when you're going out there. Is, is, is really difficult and it's and it's really difficult to reconcile um, what's going on politically in this country rather than what is in, in fact in the best interest of the American public and, and that's the problems that we're facing today and then of course when you look at what uh, what Secretary Mayorkas just came out with yesterday saying that ICE can no longer do work site enforcement um, you know, that's just another way they're inviting more people across our borders illegally. Anytime that they know that once they're here, they're going to be protected by an administration, they're going to continue to come. And so, you know, we're we're being bombarded on all sides um, of, of this issue. And it's all about politics rather than what's best for the country. You know, I took that that uh, announcement yesterday regarding the uh, employer sanctions very, very personally, because in 1985, 1984, 1984, I worked on the uh, on the Immigration Reform Act that specifically we had that put in there uh, to uh, dis- dissuade, discourage uh, people from uh, hiring illegal aliens. And now they've taken that away. Let me ask you one another question, which I personally was debating this morning on Univision or Telemundo, rather covid. How how has covid affected the um the uh, agents because uh, you know these folks that are crossing the border some of them are not being checked uh, we know that they're that a vast majority of them are not vaccinated what's going on with the agents oh we've got we've had 14 agents that have uh, passed away because of covid all considered line of duty deaths all considered that they they uh, contracted covid while on duty then then you add on top of that the number of um, the officers that work at the ports of entry that have also passed away that were considered line of duty deaths. Um, there's a there's a huge impact. Um, then you you have to add on top of that the number of agents that are out on a daily basis uh, because they've contracted COVID while at work. So you know this is a, again it has a huge effect on the way we're able to perform our mission, the way we're the way operations are put into into place, and it just doesn't seem like this administration. You know they. they give lip service um, to the importance of COVID for U.S. citizens, but they completely and totally ignore the fact that we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are crossing our border illegally that are that are coming from countries that we know have high rates of COVID. And, and when they are tested, if they're going to be held in custody, um, they are tested. And the rate right now is over 25% of the population that are going to be held in custody that, that are tested, they do in fact have COVID. So we know um, that a large number of these people that are crossing the border illegally have COVID. We know that when we release them um, without tests or without treatment, they're, they're going to be able to spread that disease to U.S. citizens, and, and, and it's very frustrating because, again, our our desire is to protect the American public, and we're just not we're just not doing it. Let me ask you now about the situation with the Haitians uh, that we recently had in Del Rio, because um, there was a lot of hoopla about the deportation of some of them. However, we have uh, learned that uh, there were that the that the majority of them. Uh, were processed and released. In other words, they were caught and released. What um, is, is that uh, the policy? I mean, is that what what happened? Are these folks, are the vast majority of them uh, in the United States, uh, waiting to come back supposedly eventually and and uh, get a hearing? 
Well, that's the norm for everybody. And, and what I'm, you know, as, as difficult as that situation was, that was the large, that was the single largest um, immigrate, illegal immigration event in the history of the border patrol, single largest. Um, and, and as, as difficult as it was, what it did was it allowed the American public to have a visual of what's taking place on the border. And when you can get that visual, you can have a better understanding um, and, and you can get more involved. Um, and so, you know, everything is pointing towards the, the, the Haitians and what happened in that single, you know, illegal immigration event. And everybody's watching, you know, are these people being released? But the fact remains, that's the norm for everybody. It doesn't matter if it's just from Haiti. It doesn't matter if Venezuela, uh, Colombia, Brazil, um, Ecuador, El Salvador. It doesn't matter, Russia, Romania. Um, the vast majority of the people that are crossing the border illegally are being released. There is a segment that's being sent back under Title 42, but the majority are being released, somewhere between 60 to 70%, and that number is going to vary depending upon month, day, um, week, but it's between 60 and 70% of the people that are crossing the border illegally will ultimately be released. And there's 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 multiple ways for them to be released. That can be, you know, the, the, there's three tracks that the Border Patrol will use. If they're unaccompanied children, they will be uh, transferred to uh, Health and Human Services, Office of Refugee and Resettlement. Every single one of them will be released. Then you've got, um, then we, we transfer some to ICE. If ICE has the capacity to take them, we transfer them to ICE. And then ICE will ultimately end up releasing a good number of those people that we transfer to them. And then, of course, we walk them out our front door. We release them either with an NTR or an NTA um, or, and, and parole them in. So there's there's multiple tracks in which it is used. And, and by, by having those multiple tracks, uh, the administration is able to better hide the total numbers. But the reality is that it's between 60 to 70 percent of the people that cross the border illegally are being released. Wow. Uh, what about, uh, we have heard of instances here in uh, the South Texas area, uh, I believe in El Paso even, uh, of shots being fired from across the border at agents or at uh, folks on our side. Um, any facts to that? Any truth to that? There is. There is truth to that. Now, now I would I would argue that they're not actually trying to hit the agents. Um, th- those are those are what we call shots across the bow. Um, they're basically taunting us. They're letting us know that there's nothing we can do. They're letting us know that they feel emboldened. That they feel that they can um, act with impunity. Um, and that's what's frustrating about that. I mean, make no mistake. If you if you have a high powered rifle, um, you know, and you're shooting, you're you're going to be hitting our vehicles. You potentially even hitting one of us um even from distance but you know it's just it's just another example and it illustrates how the criminal cartels right now um feel about our laws um how the criminal cartels just you know they 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 have complete and total disdain for um the laws and the sovereignty of the united states and they feel so emboldened that they they feel like they can just shoot shots into the united states you know at will and and that's the current situation that we're under right now wow um let me ask you this last question because you might probably be able to answer it is uh the police departments since the uh defund the police movement began the police departments are increasingly having a difficult time in recruiting uh hiring keeping people uh is the border patrol facing similar situation 
yeah, we're we're having a hard time retaining our employees and and any you know law enforcement across the board um, throughout the United States. That, that's that's an issue, and as that issue persists, uh, we continue to see crime go up, and we can expect that crime's just going to continue. Look, I, I do. I was driving home from work yesterday, and I had never seen more. Um, um, cops in one specific area there was a road rage incident on interstate 10 just just on um the east side of tucson and uh, in the road rage incident uh, um, the vehicle was wrecked one of the pre- people jumped out of his vehicle had a knife in his hand went up and stabbed the person in the neck and killed him you know and and we're seeing more and more of these instances these these examples because People just don't feel like uh, police can do their jobs anymore. They don't feel like they're going to be accountable to the law. And the more we talk about defund the police, the more we're emboldening people to take drastic measures. And it's just making our country a lot less safe. We have to get behind um, the police. We have to recognize that the vast majority of law enforcement officers, they put on the uniform with a desire to protect the American public. And the more we vilify them, the more we we say that they're bad people, um, and and the more we just you know use the 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 incident that happened with George Floyd, and and we try to paint every single one of our law enforcement officers into that same same corner, we're going to continue to embolden criminal um, activity, and it's going to continue to increase, and our children are going to suffer for it. Oh man, you could I couldn't have said it better, baby. I couldn't have said it better. My friends, we've been speaking with our good buddy, uh, Mr. Brandon Judd, the uh, president of the National Council of the Border Patrol. Uh, Brandon, thank you very, very much for for spending time to be with us today. Uh, George, always good to talk to you. Our prayers are with you, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Once again, my friends, George Ladigas, Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM radio here in San Antonio. And we've got uh, a very good guest, uh, a guest who's been on before. We're very honored to have Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. And uh, I uh, heard him last Monday at an event in Brackettville uh, regarding the issue of immigration. I wanted to get him on because Texas has uh, sued the Biden administration six times, uh, and I believe we're undefeated, (laughs) uh, six times on the issue of immigration. And I wanted to get him to talk to us, give us kind of an update of what what is going on uh, in the the legal circles regarding the uh, issue of immigration. Uh, Attorney General, thank you very, very much for being with us. Talk to us. What, what, uh, What is your office doing? Uh, most recently regarding this whole issue of immigration and uh, the lack of border enforcement by the uh, by the Biden administration. So, George, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's uh, It's been in, in the middle of our agenda from the very first day that Joe Biden said that if you come across the country, if you come into our country in the first 100 days, you won't be deported. So we sued him on day three, and we had an injunction by day six. So we've been in this battle with them from the beginning, it appears to me that his plan is to bring as many illegals here as possible, despite the consequences of COVID spreading around the country, despite the consequences of, of fentanyl coming into our country, killing people, despite the consequences of just higher costs. 
and more crime and the cartels gaining significant asset access. So our most recent filing was on the Stay in Mexico program that President Trump put into place. And if you remember, George, that was a pretty significant move by him because it, 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 it addressed a problem that really large. People coming to our country claiming asylum when they didn't really qualify, but they were being let in and then they were supposed to show up for their hearing you know, a year or two, three years later, and they weren't showing up. It was just a freeway into the country. And so everybody knew through guidance from uh, immigration lawyers just claimed asylum. So President Trump put a stop to that and implemented the Stay in Mexico program where you had to stay there and wait for your hearing. President, and sure enough, it worked. Uh, we've had over a 300% increase in illegal immigrations in the last year. And of course, a massive increase in drug, drug, drug trafficking and human trafficking. Well, so we were successful all the way to the Supreme Court for the federal law and also ignored the court order and had nothing to re-implement the Stay in Mexico program. So we filed a motion recently to enforce and to require the to allow discovery so we can know what's going on. So it's been a long process. The Biden administration is ignoring both Congress and uh, the judicial branch, so they're ignoring all of the branches, including the states, and doing basically what they want to do. Uh, the uh, the situation that we've we recently saw with the Haitians, uh, with the uh, extreme number of Haitians, uh, as many as uh, some estimated as many as eighteen thousand, right there in, in Del Rio. Not to mention the uh, the continuing problem with cartel violence along the border. Uh, how can how can that be addressed, if, if at all, in any form or fashion, um, by the Biden administration, by inf- by getting the Biden administration to to uh, protect our borders? Well, it, that's why we're having to go to court. They don't want to protect our borders. I mean, it's, it, we need to accept the fact that they have a different plan that doesn't follow federal law, that doesn't follow what is required federal law, and doesn't they don't necessarily live court orders either. So. We're, we're fighting them. We're going to try to force them to, to, to follow these court orders and actually get this stuff done. But they, there's no doubt the cartels are gaining significant power because they, they charge each person coming across the border. I was just down there talking to four people that had just come across the river, and they we asked them how much they were they paid to get across. They each paid $8,000. So that's, that's about the price that I hear. It can range from... 4000 to 50000 but these people are paying a lot of money. So the cartels are gaining power, and those people are going into the country, and they're tracking them. Cartels are tracking them. So they're gaining a foothold all across the country, both for human trafficking, sex trafficking, and other crimes, including the importation of fentanyl, which obviously kills people. The uh, One of the things that we are also seeing, and it's related to the issue of immigration, is um, there's a uh, the redistricting of uh, congressional districts that's going to be happening, as well as other uh, political uh, jurisdictions. And um, in California, we have seen how uh, some jurisdictions are allowing illegal aliens to vote. Um, and so it becomes a real battle on, on who is going to be counted, how, they, how those uh, lines are going to be drawn, et cetera, et cetera. Do you anticipate that uh, Texas is going to be facing a real battle with uh, regards to redistricting? Yeah, I mean, every time we pass a map, the Republicans have passed a map, we get sued by the Democratic groups, the liberal groups. And, you know, when I first came into office, we defended those maps and were successful in winning. It just took several years. I have no doubt that we'll get sued and fight them, as long as these maps are done by duly elected 
body and they follow the the, 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 the rules, um, we should be successful in, in defending those maps. Wow, it, it's uh, it becomes a real real battle because uh, I mean it's so important on this on this aspect. What about the what about uh, sanctuary cities? I mean we haven't heard too much about that. Uh, do you think that uh, cities uh, have uh, those those communities that uh, had declared themselves sanctuaries and refused to cooperate with uh, with ICE and with immigration uh, uh, have settled down, or, or you know, do you think that under this administration they've uh, gained more uh, arrogance? Well, I think in Texas, you know, the legislature passed a, a law two years ago that stopped sanctuary cities from being allowed and, and provided us remedies to go after uh, sanctuary cities. And we've done that. We, we went after uh, the city of San Antonio, the police chief for releasing, I think it was 12 illegal aliens instead of uh, waiting for ICE to, 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 gra- to get them. And so I think the message has been sent by the legislature passing laws to stop um, these cities from being sanctuary cities. And, and of course, we've, we've, we've sued we sued San Antonio, and I think other cities realize now there are there's, there are real consequences to pursuing sanctuary city status and and follow and not following state law. Now we we have read we have learned that uh, that um, you met recently with the mayor of Uvalde and Valverde Valverde County Sheriff and a few other folks um, uh, this earlier this week. Uh, Regarding the issue of uh, of the border crisis, anything you could share with us about that that meeting? Yeah, I think it's it's been really important for me to to go to the border. I've been down there several times recently, just in Del Rio, uh, met with Mayor Vivaldi and and, and the sheriffs, uh, a lot of law enforcement officials, a lot of property owners. I think it's really important to know what these people are having to experience, the fear that they have for their lives and for their their families and for their property, and they're very frustrated. They feel like the federal government's abandoned them and that they're not even for them. They're against them. And they have legitimate concerns and legitimate frustrations and legitimate fears. And while we're doing everything we can um, to, to fight the Biden administration, it's not resolved yet. It's, and it's getting worse. And so I just I feel I found it was very valuable to, to hear from concerned citizens and other low and what's very uh, unique about this issue is it's pretty—it's bipartisan. It's not, it doesn't matter what party you're from or what you know. Everybody seems to have the same view that they feel like the Biden administration is not doing their job, and they're they're putting great uh, putting these people in, in in harm's way. Yeah, because I mean, I I, I believe that uh, the Valverde County Sheriff uh, Joe Martinez is a Democrat, so it's kind of surprising that these folks. Uh, are, are all I mean, it, it shows how bad the uh, crisis is when uh, party doesn't really matter. It's the issue of public safety. Yeah, and I met with I met with more than one Democrat. There were there were uh, many Democrats I met with, and, and the few feeling is mutual. They're, they're worried about their their families, and they're they're they don't feel safe uh, because people are coming across their property. And you know, the, the Biden administration is not discriminating. They're letting people in with COVID. They're letting people in with criminal backgrounds and they're not just letting them in, they're encouraging them to come. And so that's why these people feel like the federal government has abandoned them and left them in a very, very difficult situation with their property and their lives at risk with no way to defend themselves. So it's, it's a really serious situation. And so I'm, I'm glad I got to meet with these people and hear their, hear their concerns because they have real concerns and they have a right to be angry about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, at this point, uh, since the federal government is not stopping the uh, 
crime, the disease, the drugs, and uh, just, uh, you know, uh, undocumented illegal folks from crossing the border, uh, it falls on the state. And uh, I guess uh, we've got to we've, we've got to depend on, on, on your leadership. Yeah, and, and here's the deal. I mean, there, the problem we have is the Supreme Court, in a case 10 years ago, about 10 years ago, said that the states cannot pass their own laws to, to defend themselves from illegal immigration, that that's the purview of the federal government. So we don't have, according to the Supreme Court, and by the way, I do not think they were right about that decision. It was a, it was a 5-3 decision, Justice Kennedy and Justice Roberts joining the three liberals. I don't think they're right, because it cannot be that a federal government could pass the law and not enforce that law and then say, well, because we passed a law that we're never going to enforce, now you can't protect your citizens from crime, from drugs, from human trafficking, from the cost of illegal immigration, both social and economic. That just doesn't seem right. It makes no sense to correct. It's not logical. It's not logical. And like Judge Judy says, if it's not logical, it's not truth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Attorney General, thank you very, very much for taking time with us. Anything that you'd like to add before we let you go? No, I just think it's really important. We've got a president that doesn't uh, care about what federal law says, what the courts are saying to him. I've never seen a president act more independently of his constitutional role, and it's a pretty scary time. And I think uh, Americans need to speak out. They don't need to be afraid, even though we, we are, we've been threatened now by the federal government. And parents have even been thrown. But I think now is the time to speak out or, or we may lose that ability. You got it. Thank you so much for t- t- spending time with us uh, out of your, your busy schedule. Folks, we've been speaking, we've been listening to uh, our good Attorney General, Ken Paxton, uh, talk to us about uh, the issues and, his, and, and how he's leading the fight on them. Thank you very much, uh, Attorney General. Thank you, George. I appreciate having me on. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Hi, folks. This is George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Looking for information on immigration, borders, refugee resettlement, asylum claims, nationalism, and globalism? Go to BorderHawk.News. BorderHawk.News has up-to-date information on these topics and their impact locally, nationally, and internationally. BorderHawk.News has the news that's not covered by the other media or websites. Stay informed on one of the most important issues in this country, immigration. Go to BorderHawk.News. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador. Talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio in San Antonio, The Answer. And we've got uh, our good friend Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, I wanted to get him on because he got, he uh, was out, uh, he, he wrote a recent article, uh, a news piece that uh, really sheds a lot of light on what is going on at the border. Um Regarding a uh, a smuggler that is uh, involved in a certain clientele and with a certain clientele, Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you for t- taking time to to be with us. Uh, talk to us. Tell us about this um, this uh, individual that uh, is uh, that is wanted by uh, the uh, I guess by by customs and by uh, other folks regarding yeah. uh, their smuggling activities. Yeah, sure. This is a Pakistani human smuggler who specializes in moving Pakistanis and, in particular, Afghanis, Afghan 
immigrants through Brazil, through Central America, Mexico to the Texas border. And uh, this is a guy who was in April indicted by the Department of Justice for the smuggling activity, uh, but he remains a fugitive. The arrest warrant is uh, unserved. And as an indication of just how dangerous the U.S. government regards this particular smuggler, this Pakistani smuggler, uh, his name is Abid Ali Khan. The Treasury Department did something very unusual. They got involved here and declared his organization a transnational criminal organization. Very rare to do that with a smuggling organization, a smuggling network like this. Named him and three others in his network, including one Afghan and two other Pakistanis, uh, as part of his TCO organization. And what that does is it, it opens the door for the U.S. government to disrupt his finances and to isolate him and his subordinates from financial dealings. It's an OFAC designation. Uh, the new development here is that yesterday, the U.S. State Department put a $2 million reward out for his arrest and or his dis- the disruption of the financial uh, part of his network. And the reason why this is so significant, this third thing move against the con network is because of the things that have happened since April. One is that Kabul fall fell and released hundreds of thousands of refugees into Pakistan. Uh, millions even. They think that there might be three million uh, Afghans headed to Pakistan refugee camps right now. Uh, God knows what sort of Uh, national security threats might be there, Taliban uh, people, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, uh, Khorasan organizations, uh, people that might try to take advantage of this individual smuggling network to get to the U.S. border. And that is really what this is all about. And one other thing, George, is this is happening at a time of unprecedented smuggling of people through the Darien Gap jungle between Colombia and Panama, which is the Khan organization's main route. So between the Afghan refugee situation and the open Darien Gap route, the State Department puts a $2 million reward out for this guy who specializes in moving Afghans. Wow. That's the significance of this. Now, I would imagine that if there is one individual who's specializing in one group, there's probably be others that specialize in other groups. True? Well, yeah. I mean, typically, this this is called kind of, uh, there's a term for this, ethnic affinity crime. Uh, there's a reason why Khan concentrates on you know, Pakistani and Afghan clients because he speaks the language, he's got his uh, his uh, subordinates who live and work in villages and cities in the region and know how to fish out clients uh, using their, you know, religious affinity and tribal affinities and all that kind of stuff. And it works like that in places like Bangladesh and Syria and uh, all through the Middle East where you have 
you know, long distance, long haul smugglers like this who move people to the border, uh, you know, they tend to fish out clients from their home villages and from their own towns and, and cities. And word of mouth spreads like that. And that's how business works. But the main thing is that there is this traffic that's coming through the Darien jungle to the southern border, which is collapsing right now. And the some people in the State Department who clearly are not feeling partisan one way or another about this, this is just Homeland Security, felt like the Khan organization was a very high and urgent national security threat risk. Now, under normal circumstances, if we had an administration that truly wanted to secure the border, what would happen to an individual like that? I mean, how could we? How could they stop him uh, with all the smuggling? What they need to do is just what they're doing: is put the pressure on him, create a, uh, isolate him from making money, and to uh, create a potential. Uh, division within his own organization. Somebody in his organization or close to his organization will see this $2 million sitting out there and be tempted to turn him in. Uh, and so that just puts pressure on that organization. And when they do finally arrest him or people under him, it knocks out a bridge between there and here that is very difficult to replace. These guys, these kingpin smugglers who are moving people from terrorism countries like this are very unique. They speak multiple languages. They have uh, bribery relationships with uh, Brazilian officials, and they usually have multiple residences, and they can move their passports from different countries, and they're pretty smart guys to be able to run an intercontinental uh, smuggling network like this bringing people to the U.S. border when you knock one of these guys out it's not so easy for somebody else to just pop in there and take over that's important wow the um, the this guy then is an is a uh, well we can call him a, a an independent entrepreneur <laughs> yeah that's right he's a businessman he's an independent businessman okay yeah and so he really is not connected to the cartels. So, uh, no, you know, no, this, would, it's completely separate from the cartels then. Yeah, these guys usually are independent of Mexican cartels. Ultimately, they may have a connection there for the final crossing uh, where there's a payment that gets made. But they're make to, in their mind, they're making payments to little little groups like that all the way along. They pass them off like a baton in a in a... You in, know, a relay. A, a, in a relay game, a yeah. run or something like that. And so uh, these guys are you know, far beyond you know, Mexican drug cartels. Uh, but the reason that they're regarded as a national security threat is because of the people that they're bringing in. Right. That they're able to bridge the gap between Pakistani refugee camps filled with Afghans of who knows what connections they had to which terrorist groups, if any, but that's a major threat. Uh, and I'd like to see that the State Department and the Department of Justice are recognizing this, even under Joe Biden. Um, maybe 
uh, you know, they're not talking openly about the terror threat, but they, they are making comments like Miami Homeland Security Investigation Special Agent in Charge Anthony Salisbury, this is an ICE HSI investigation, noted that in one of the press releases that people like Khan, quote, pose a threat to national security. It's nope. recognized. No yeah, kidding. It's re- <laughs> yeah, and Acting Assistant Attorney General Nick McQuaid of the DOJ's Criminal Justice Division said that Khan and smugglers like that, like him, quote, seek to profit from jeopardizing our national security. This smuggling case is a national security threat, and they recognize it. They are moving on it hard right now because of what happened in Afghanistan. This is a big news story. You probably won't ever see it covered right. in the right. national media, but I'll write about it. <laughs> well, you know, people, the, people uh, the mainstream media doesn't want to scare people about this. They'll scare them about COVID, but they won't scare them about this. Right, because this also points to what's happening at the southern border, which is a total collapse and an, a, an opening rift of vulnerability to people like this uh, moving people from Afghanistan over the southern border. In Pakistan. One thing about this case that they do note in the court records and in the indictment is that when he brings these customers across, they charge $20,000 a head, by the way. Wow. So uh, not just anybody can do a trip like this. Uh, Certainly the Taliban could afford to send operatives in. ISIS could afford to send operatives in and pay the 20000 But he disguises them as uh, people from other countries. Uh, It doesn't explain how he disguises them, but they pretend to be, you know, some other kind of foreign national, not from Afghanistan. They're hiding the fact that they're from Afghanistan and Pakistan, because that they know raises red flags all over the place, all along the route. Right. So they're camouflaged very well in this, uh, in these flows. Uh, This is a serious national security threat about the border. Uh, I like to see that the state department is putting serious money behind this $2 million. That's a big chunk of uh, bounty. Uh, right there, and I hope it works. I hope they knock this bridge out and, and get this guy. And hopefully, hopefully they will go after other bridges because if there's one, there's got to be others. I'm sure. That's right. They do. I mean, ICE Homeland Security Investigations has uh, staff and investigators all over Latin America that only do this. This is what they do. They hunt down these kind of smugglers and they knock them out. Uh, my whole book, America's Covert Border War, uh, is dedicated to what they're doing down there, exploring and revealing all of the kinds of things that they're involved in down there with cases like this. Yep. My friend, tell them folks where they can follow you and where they can read your book. And um... Sure. Uh, yeah, America's Covert Border War, the untold story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration is available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold uh i have a getter account t bensman at getter gttr it's the alternative to twitter but i also have a twitter account at bensman todd gotcha well todd thank you very very much for um enlightening us with this uh news story and um you know we we will we'll we'll keep following it we'll keep following you so that uh, there's any other uh if, if there's any uh 
other uh, news that comes out of it, we can uh, you can come on the show and talk to us about it. All right, good. I'll be there. Thank you very much. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Thank you.